You are about to listen to Pastor Dominion Jigar, the lead pastor of Brace Up, a ministry aimed at bringing Christians to the Bible standard of word, prayer, and evangelism. Be blessed as you listen. Father, we thank you. <clears throat> thank you for an opportunity to be called sons of God. Thank you because you are for us, you're not against us. As we look into your word today, our eyes of understanding are being enlightened in the name of Jesus. Our lives are forever changed. We will live here and the evidence will be obvious for everyone to see in the name of Jesus. We will bear fruit to the glory of your name. The gospel will continue to spread to the ends of the earth. And we will be participants of that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Joy in the Holy Ghost. That's the topic of today's teaching in our series of um, Sunday series titled Delights. We're narrowing down to joy in the Holy Ghost. Say joy in the Holy Ghost. And joy is such an important concept in Christianity. bet you don't know how important it is. Joy in the Holy Ghost. Listen. (laughs) Joy is so important that it was a motivation for Christ. Joy was a motivation for Christ in carrying out his sacrifice. That's how important joy is. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, say joy set before him, he endured the cross. And despised the shame. Joy was a motivation for the Christ. He looked at joy. The joy said before him. But you know what? For the purpose of this joy. I would go through the sacrifice. That's how important joy is. That's how big joy is. The God-man needed joy as his motivation. Praise the Lord. And even in the lives of believers, joy, joy is the response to the sacrifice of Christ. So it was the reward of Christ for his sacrifice. He said, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. So it was his reward. And it's also the response of believers because of the sacrifice of Christ. Look at Acts chapter 2, verse 25 to 28. Acts chapter 2, verse 25 to 28. We respond to the sacrifice of Christ in joy. (sighs) Are you there? Acts chapter 2, verse 25 to 28. Open your Bibles. All right. 
Are you there? It says, David speaketh concerning him. That's David speaketh concerning the Christ. He said, for I foresaw the Lord always before my face. For he is at my right hand that I shall not be moved. Therefore do my heart rejoice. And my tongue was glad. This was his response. This is his response. My heart is glad. Is that your experience? How can David in the Old Testament say this? And you don't understand this. And it's not your experience. He wasn't in service. They were not telling him to rejoice. But he understood what Christ has did. He said, my heart rejoice. He said, my tongue is glad. There is singing on my lips. Some of us wouldn't know the role that praise is playing in our personal devotions. We just wake up and say, God, you know, just cover me today. I commit all that concerns me to your hands. But when, ah, David said, I think about you on my bed. And what is the result? My heart is glad. My tongue is glad. Let's keep reading. It says, My tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou would not leave my soul in hell, nor allow the Holy One to see corruption. He said, Thou had made me the way, thou had made known to me the way of life. He said, Thou shalt make me full of joy. Full of joy. It's the response of believers. Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8, verse 8 says, There was joy in the city. The backstory was that Philip went to Samaria and preached Christ. That's Acts chapter 8, verse 5. Because of that, it says Philip went to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. Because of that, the Bible says there was joy in the city. Has that been your experience? What did they hear that resulted in joy, that made them respond in joy? If it's good news, we should respond that way. And you know the thing? The news never gets stale. Praise the Lord. Acts chapter 30, verse 52. He said, oh, this is beautiful. He said, and the disciples were, with, were filled with joy and with the Holy Ghost. Now, joy is, is um, not, you know, joy. this joy I'm talking about is not so popular in our culture. Just imagine someone just excited and like, God, why are you excited? Like, what happened? Like I'm rejoicing on the Holy Ghost. Just, just imagine you met someone in the marketplace. The guy just excited. Like, what's it? Why is this guy so excited? He said, I'm just rejoicing the Holy Ghost. Not only were they rejoicing, the Bible said they were full of joy. Now that's extra. You know those who are extra. I won't call names. But ordinary joke, you crack. You just see the person lying down on the floor. 
It's called the... Uh, why are you turning? <laughs> Do you understand? So why everybody is just laughing? The person goes extra. Why there's joy? The Bible said they were filled. They were filled with joy. That's going to be your experience from today. In the name of Jesus. So joy is a marker of believers. When we see believers, we see discernible joy. Listen, it's not about temperament. It's not about mere male core. Say, no, that person knows how to rejoice because the person is sanguine. No. It's a marker. We identify believers by joy. You know why? Because joy is the fruit of the recreated human spirit. Why should you be a believer and we can't see discernible joy in your life? It means you don't understand the gospel. Praise the Lord. Hmm. Have you seen someone that just passed his wayek? The guy just feels on top of the world. I remember when I finished school. I was like, ah, Jesus Christ, this is this is big. Like, oh my God, I graduates. I thought I was I was feeling bigger than life. Do you understand? Why? Because I felt like I had something important. Now someone that has the gospel, that has the kingdom of God within him, has something that is larger than life. Glory to God. Whoosh! Ha ha ha. Listen, you can be in trouble and you can be in the midst of challenges and be joyful. And let me tell you, you might be here and you might be facing a situation. Don't let it steal your joy. Here are two reasons why. Number one, Open Romans chapter 12, verse 12. <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Are you there? Alright. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Read together. One, two, go. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer. Again, one to go. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation. Thank you. The first reason why you can rejoice in the midst of trouble is because you can rejoice in hope. Your joy is not based on temporary things. Your joy is based on eternal things. Things that cannot change. Listen, in this life, as long as your joy, oh, as long as your joy is based on something that can change, your joy will never be constant. And that's important. If your joy is based on your relationship that can change, your joy will not be constant. 
if your joy is based on an inheritance that might come to you. Newsflash, the man might live longer than you expect. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know, for me, daddy. <laughs> Every day, he says you should lead devotion. The only scripture you read is, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Daddy, meditate on this. Give yourself holy to this. <laughs> so that your prophet team will appear to of us in this house. Praise the Lord. As long as joy is based on something circumstantial, something that can change, it will never be constant. So the reason why you can be joy in the midst of tribulation is because your joy should be based on eternal things, the treasure you have in Christ. So even when things are not going the way you think, you just rejoice in you rejoice in hope. You rejoice in what you know you have in Christ. Praise the Lord. The second reason is because you can pray and see changes. Praise the Lord. You can pray and see changes in those things. I know you have prayed. I know you have prayed. But you know what? I want you to keep praying about the situation. I want you to keep praying about the situation. You know when? This is something we probably don't take notice of. When James was teaching on fervent prayer in James chapter 5, verse 17, 16, 17, he used Elijah as an example. Now when you go to the story where Elijah prayed the bible makes us know that he prayed seven times now he didn't set out to pray seven times he set out to pray until there was a change in the situation it just happened that it was the seventh time the situation changed so you will stay on that situation with the same fervor until you see a change don't give up stay on it see i will stay on it so this week, I want you to go back in strength and say, you know what, I stay on this situation until I see a change. Praise the Lord. Whew. The story of Hannah was said that she will come every day, every year, come to Shiloh and say she wants a child. She, she, she stayed on it. She was determined to get what she wanted. Some of us are not determined enough. We pray as if there's an option. Like, oh God, we do this thing this year, do this thing this year. But in our mind, after the next year, I'll come back and I'll pray it again. Stay on it. This it must happen. I insist on getting the results. You stay like that in prayer. That's what's the name of this guy that was fighting with Angel. Sorry? Jacob. He said, look. This is not about who you are or who I am. We die here. That must be your attitude. We give up so easily. We are, we are too, I don't know, fragile or something. But you can't be but in the place of prayer. You insist on the results. Do you understand? You insist 
on the result. You stay there. You insist on the result. Why should that small thing, as it were, steal your joy? Okay, you want it to happen. Jesus has said, ask that you may receive, that your joy may be full. So he wants you to, what will make you happy. But you stay on it. That's John 16.25. You stay on it. You stay on it. Praise the Lord. You see, but for a non-believer, he can't experience what we're talking about. He can't experience the kind of joy that we're talking about. See, let me tell you. Those people that tell you that a non-believer cannot be happy all his life. It's not true. Some died as billionaires when they were happy. Do you understand? But here's the thing. Not all of them will die. Do you understand? But every believer that puts his trust in Christ can die in joy. He doesn't have need to have all the things he wanted to have. But because his joy is on something that cannot change, do you understand? He will be forever happy. Let me tell you a little about who a non-believer actually is. And I've said it here before, but I want you to pay good attention because I think it will be a lot clearer now. I have said here before that an unbeliever, every unbeliever is an active member of the kingdom of darkness. Now the tendency is that when I say that your mind goes to, okay, the bad unbelievers like, you know, the cultists and the witches. But let me show you who an unbeliever is. Ephesians chapter 2. Oh, Shabahato Shinandiahata. Are you there? Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. We read together. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2. Are you there? 1, 2, go. Wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walketh in the children of disobedience. Again, 1, to go. Wherein in time past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now walks in the children of disobedience. He said you walked according to the system of this world. You walked according to a system that disregards all that God stands for. Why? Because you were controlled by a spirit. You were controlled by a spirit that made you to walk according to a system that was against all that God represented. He calls them the children of disobedience. Who were they disobeying? God. Do you see that? They were disobeying God. There is a spirit in them that compels them to do things in a way that is contrary to God. Now here is the addition, verse 3. 
He says, among whom also ye all had your conversations as your lifestyle in time past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. He said, and we are by nature children of wrath. Praise the Lord. He said they were controlled by a spirit. A spirit that made them do things contrary to the system of God. Pay attention. So how were they doing things? He said, feeling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Many times when we say, an unbeliever is an active member of the kingdom of darkness, you're thinking, oh, cult is just doing wicked things for no reason. No. When the devil controls a man, he controls him to gratify his own flesh. So at the root of all the wickedness in the world that we see is self-gratification. Robbers don't just go to the road and kill people. There's something that is at the bottom. They want to get something. Witches don't just go and kill people. There's something they want. They want to gratify their own flesh. Praise the Lord. So when the devil, the spirit of the priest of power is at work in people, in unbelievers, it is for their own self-benefit. That's what he was. Praise the Lord. So their delight and their joy is in self-gratification. Why your joy is in the things that please God? The devil works in them to make sure they don't please God, but that they please themselves. That's why the love of this world is selfish. Praise the Lord. It gets clearer. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. Glory to God. Oh. Verse 23. Are you there? The back story is that Jesus asked his disciples, Who do men say I am? And some said, You're John the Baptist. Others said, You're Jeremiah. And some said, you're one of the prophets. Jesus said, who do you say I am? Then Peter said, you are the Christ. Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father. So Jesus said, now that you know this, let's go to the next lecture. I'm going to die very soon. And Peter says, no, your portion. See? <laughs> he said, reject it. You know, <laughs> you know, when people try to stop you from making your own confession, it's usually very funny. Why can't they just make the right confession for you? Like, why must I do it? So Peter was like, no, look, don't say that. Bible said he took him and rebuked him. And knowing that, knowing that Peter was older than Jesus, I can imagine the sight. Do you understand? Like those elders in church that are older than the pastor. Yes. Don't say that kind of thing in this church again. You hear me? <laughs> uh, Jesus said something very remarkable. Verse 23, are you there? Yet get ye behind me, Satan. He said, you are a stumbling block to me. He said, you do not have... Okay, I'm reading from the NIV. He said, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, 
both of both mere human concerns. Read from your version one, two, go. Did you see that? Now, of course, Satan was not working in Peter. Peter was acting in a manner that was consistent with those that Satan was in. Do you understand? With unbelievers. How? He said, let it be in Satan. He said, you do not serve all the things of God, but of men. Do you see that now? Same thing I was saying. For a believer, your delight is in the things of God. For an unbeliever, his delight is in the things of men. Self-gratification. I like the way the NIV puts it, where I read. The NIV said, He said, You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but mere human concerns. Human gratification. So the nature of a natural man is that he minds the things of men, things of God. Do you understand? For him, it's about his joy comes from those kind of things. The Bible talks about how they delight in things that are shameful. That I won't, I won't shameful to talk about. Look at the world today and see the things that people are arguing about. Like, with your correct sense, in your right frame of mind, you are arguing that people were born homosexual. Seriously. The world we are in is a very funny world. As in, I don't even get things again. Someone with bass voice, beards, do you understand? Decide that he's a woman. For them, it's about self-gratification. People don't want to be accountable to any God. They want to be their God. Now, here's a disclaimer. Now, I'm not saying that natural things would not excite you. I mean, there are some cars that are made in heaven. Amen? Like I jokingly say, Mercedes was made on the eighth day. After God rested on the seventh day, woke up and designed with this. Our car is fine. <laughs> but that's a joke. Okay? Don't take it seriously. A joke. Total joke. Now, if somebody just sows seed of Mercedes into your life, ah, or let's bring it to the house. If somebody just walks in, it's hard. Stop using the spirit naturally. Like, I have a feeling Habib is the name of a lady. The way Sob likes that Habib, it might be a code name. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's evangelism. All right. Mm-hmm. So, of course, natural things can excite you. Jonathan, natural things can excite you. But you have higher concerns. Glory to God. You have higher concerns. You have higher concerns. Praise the Lord. So for a believer, he's not like the natural man that has 
the spirit in him that directs him away from the things that please God. A believer has the spirit of God in him. And that spirit makes him to delight in the things of God. Ezekiel 36 verse 27. 36, 27. I'll start from 26. He said, NIV, I will give you a new heart. Glory to God. This is what an unbeliever needs. He needs that stony heart to be taken out of his flesh. And then he needs the Spirit of God to be put in him. The Spirit that helps him delight in the things of God. And this is what a believer needs to know. Now sometimes we say, oh, I don't know. How do you? Some people even ask, wait, how do you people like the things of God? Like they're just happy to go for meetings, happy to read your Bible, happy to pray, you know, excited about evangelism. People are like, how do you do it? I'm like, how don't you do it? But listen, if you're not finding yourself delighted in these things, this is how to move from that point to where you're delighted. The first thing you need to do is recognize that the Spirit in you delights and compels you to delight in the things of God. That I am designed to delight in the things of God. When I was a believer, I was designed to hate the things of God, fight against the things of God, only want to gratify myself. If it's boring, I'm not in. If I do not benefit, I'm not in. But now I have a new design. I have been recreated. And the spirit in me delights, like leaps for joy for the things of God. I need to realize that that's who I am. And it's a biblical instruction that you realize that the spirit in you delights in the things of God. Ezekiel 37, 20, um, 36, where I was reading, said, I'll put my spirit within you. Now, if you don't need to know it, he will not tell you. He knew that the knowledge would benefit you. So he's telling you. He said, I'll remove the heart of stone from you and I'll give you a heart of flesh. He said, I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees. I will move you to follow my decrees. He said, be careful to do my laws. So he gives you a heart that desires the things of God. Hence, you are compelled to do the things of God above the things that gratify men. Glory to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Please open it. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. I thought about this scripture almost exhaustively in breakfast meeting. Beautiful message. You can listen to it if you haven't. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 17. Are you there? Alright, read together. One, two, go. You know the funny thing about what you read? That one of the most important words in that verse, your voice dropped when you were saying it. Read it again. One, two, go. Behold! He said, see! That all things are because... Look at it. See it. Do you understand? 
I like the way the Amplified puts it. He said, Behold, the fresh and new has come. Glory to God. He said with an exclamation mark. He said, Behold, the fresh and new has come. Like, look at it. Pay attention. Listen, this is how what you meditate on. That the new has come. The new has come. Oh, the NIV said the old has gone. The new has come. Glory to God. Come on, say the old has gone. The new has come. The old has gone. The new has come. The old has gone. The new has come. That's you. The new has come. See, I delight in the things of God. I rejoice in the things of God. Glory to God. That's, you. That's who you are. He said, behold. See it. So every day you wake up and say, I'm the new. I'm created for good works. There's joy in my spirit. There's joy in my inside. I delight in the things of God. I'm not compelled to selfish things. I'm compelled to carry out his decree. That's who I am. That's who I am. I might not see it. I might not feel it. But that's who I am. If he says it, I believe it. If he says it, I believe it. And as I behold, glory to God, I'm being changed into the same image. He said, behold, see that the new has come. Glory to God. Now, why is this important? <laughs> this might surprise you. Because the unbeliever cannot see the treasure in Christ. He cannot. Because anyone that sees the treasure that is in Christ would take away gratification of self. And he would do it with delight. Let me say it again. Anyone that sees treasure that is in Christ would forsake the treasures of the world. And he would do it with joy. I'll prove it to you and I'll explain it to you. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 3. This is beautiful. (laughs) It says, But if our gospel is hid, it is hid for them that are lost. Do you see that? If our gospel is hid, it is hid from them that are lost. Then what does he say next? He said, In whom the God of this world has blinded their minds, the minds of them that have not believed, let the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image of God, should shine unto them. Read 2 Corinthians chapter 4, from verse 3 into verse 4. One to go. So this is what he does. Oh, in making them delight in themselves, wanting to gratify themselves, he blindfolded them from the goodness of God. Because no one will see the kind of treasure we have in Christ and forsake it. 
It is too good. Do you understand? No one will see the treasure that we have in Christ and forsake it. Of course, the text that we've been using, our anchor text for the month of delight, is Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. Matthew 13, 44. Please open it. Matthew 13, 44. I want you to read. One, two, go. Did you see what he said? He said, for joy, he sold all that he had to buy it. He said, this is how to look at the kingdom of God. This is how to look at what you have in Christ. It is so precious that a man went to sell all that he had. He did it with joy. No man can see the treasure in Christ and forsake it. It is too good. With joy, you forsake your selfish ambitions and go for it. This is why you will delight. This is why you rejoice. Because the treasure you have in Christ is precious. And I want to show it to you. What's that treasure? Hmm. Philippians chapter, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 4. Beautiful passage. Yeah. Ah, glory to God. Let me just show you a, a little about the treasure you have in Christ. Ephesians chapter 4, 1 verse 4. I'll start from verse 3. Say, pray, I'm reading from the NIV. It says, Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us. Say, He has blessed us. In the heavenly realms with all spiritual blessings. Say all spiritual blessings. He said, for he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. Glory to God. This is how he chose us. That in his sight will be holy and blameless. No wonder the Bible said there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He said, who is he that condemneth? He said, it is Christ that died, yea, rather he is risen, and he is seated at the right hand of God. He is making intercession for us. God is for us. So that's how he chose to see us. You know when he did it? He said, before the foundation of the world. He knew we would have our limitations. He knew we would have our frailties. He knew we would fall for temptation if given the opportunity. But he still chose that I will see them as holy and blameless in my sight. He knew that sometimes we'll be unthankful. Listen, God is good. God is good. There's something I'm preparing. I think I told you about it. I think it's in the month of... I think it's next month. I'm going to teach it. It's the story of Israel. I want to show you who God really is by explaining the story of the um, nation of Israel to you. When you hear it, I've heard people say over the years, I don't know if God can forgive me. And this, I say, I tell me your story. By the time I hear it, I compare it with many, many stories I've heard. 
that I slapped you. <laughs> but yes, sometimes you look at your life and you're like, look at my life. But he chose you in Christ. Before you started committing the errors, he knew you would make all the mistakes. But he decided that he'll see you as holy and blameless. There's no blame. It even gets better. <laughs> Verse 5. He predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ. He said in accordance to his pleasure and will. Like it was delighting him to do it. He didn't do it out of duty. Like okay, ah, these people that I've created now. See how they've messed up everything. Now I have to fix place. You know when your children should you know, pour the pot of soup. And the child is just three years old. They're like, now what's this? You have to take the child away from the soup. Wash the child, keep him somewhere, then mop the floor. You might do it grudgingly, but that's not God. He said he did it according to the pleasure of his will. Like, he was delighted to do it. He was delighted to do it. Glory to God. This is so beautiful. Think about it. So this is how my father sees me. I like he's always delighted. Do you realize that the salvation story is a love story? And it's the greatest love story ever. He said, for God so loved the world. He did it out of love. Do you understand? He did it out of love. Like he was, he, he responded to the world out of love. We were taught, you know, my God is a consuming fire. You know, just wants to... Like, when they just say rapture, I just scared. Like, you just become holy. Uh, rapture. We thought when God sees us, He will respond in anger. But even while we were yet sinners, the Bible said Christ died for the ungodly. Say, God loves me. And He always responds in love to me. Yeah. You don't do tough love. You know tough love? You won't call. Eh? You'll be praying. You'll be missing it. You miss call. Look at it. Who's praying? Ray baby. Who's Ray baby? <laughs> Swipe right. Pick. Swipe left. Miss. Miss. She now call again. Who is calling? Then Jamaica will check. I don't know. The person's name is... Kuyet, that's what true color is saying. Kuyet, swipe it. <laughs> that's not my God. Ah! I mean, you won't be praying. Or, you know, you're in a situation, you're praying, God. Ah. I mean, some people think God is so petty. It's okay, God, 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 God. Ah, I know I ate my tights. Oh, Jesus, I know I ate my tights. Oh, <laughs> This, as this new salary is coming, God, you know me. I promise you. This is a covenant between you and me. I'm going to drop it. I'm going to, like, once you come safe, that same day I'm carrying it to church. It doesn't matter. Even if it's not a church day, I carry it to church, I drop it. God, just save me from this. Like, seriously. I would have said even your father. But imagine someone that, like your boyfriend respond to you that way. 
Like, so he's in a position to help you. Do you understand? But because you didn't send the 100 naira charge card of this month, he says no. He pulls his support. And then what happens? You hear that the person's shop burns. Why? Then they're not using a summer because you didn't give 10%. They lost the 100. You see, even while we're sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. He did it according to the pleasure of his will. He was excited in doing it. God loves me. He responds to me in love. So this is the treasure we have. And we are delighted. You wake up and just realize that, look, God actually loves me. He cares about me. That's how you think. And he has paid the sacrifice to ensure that me and him will be united forever. Therefore, you can always rejoice. Jonathan, you can always rejoice. Because I have the fa- a father that got my back every time. Praise the Lord. I said, your sins and iniquities you remember no more. Glory to God. I think it was Joseph Prince that said, God has a graciously terrible memory. Graciously terrible. He doesn't remember. Your sins and iniquities you remember no more. So when you're like, okay, God, I'm so sorry. I know, you know now, you know what I did. I know that just, just, who said to just, be like, what are you talking about? I see you as only and blameless. Glory to God. And it, you know, sometimes when you talk like this, people think you're permitting sin. And so they want to say, no, no, no. That thing you did. So that, no, no, no. It's not the condemnation message that leads to repentance. It's goodness of God that leads men to repentance. I'm so thankful. I, I just want to lead a life that pleases Him. That's what you do. I'm thankful. I want to lead a life that pleases Him. Praise the Lord. So I can now delight myself in the things of God because the Spirit of God that is in me delights in them already. Praise the Lord. It's really very simple. Now that I know that I have the Spirit of God in me and He delights in the things of God, it means I have the ability to delight in the things of God. I have the ability. And I have the understanding. This is why we pray for revelation knowledge. Now, for the people of the world, the prince of the power of the air darkens their mind. They don't understand. The light of the gospel doesn't shine in their heart. But that's not me. And so keep praying for revelation knowledge. Because as I see better, I think better. Do you understand? As I see better, I think better. Knowledge is so, so important that Paul dropped his CV in Philippians chapter 3. Beautiful CV. And it was a religious one. He's a Pharisee of Pharisees, a Hebrew of Hebrews. He's a concerning the law of blameless. He's a concerning zeal, like he had everything. He said, concerning zeal, persecuting the church. He said, I dropped everything for the excellency of knowing Christ. There's something about the knowledge of Christ that results in rejoicing in you. That's the only way a man in such a situation 
can be telling people, look, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Joe was a man, and Paul was a man that was rejoicing in tribulation. In Acts chapter 27, he was in, the, in a ship. He was actually carried as a prisoner. And then the voyage was boisterous. He, he told them that, look, let's not go. But they're like, no, let's go. And they were afraid of, for their life. They thought they were going to But Paul said something there. In verse 23, <laughs> the prisoner was now telling the people, he said, be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. Like, relax and be delighted. Now that must be you. Rejoicing is an apostolic instruction. He said, rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. So always learn to set your affection, regulate your desires, put your mind on the things of God. Don't let your mind be clouded by the things of men. Are you hearing me? Don't let your mind get clouded by the things of men. Constantly meditate on the things of God. It will result in rejoicing and thanksgiving in you. Do you understand? Don't get familiar with the message of the gospel. Think deeply about it. God is gracious. And is kind. You know that song? Elion. He doesn't... He doesn't envy. He was described... They were describing God. With the character of love. That's who he is. Say, my father is gracious. He is kind. He does things for my good. He delights in me. He rejoices over me. He's pleased with me. In his sight, I'm blameless and holy. That's who I am. Alright, rise up on your feet and just begin to rejoice in these things. Thank God for who he has made you. A new creation. A new creation. A new creation. A new creation. Oh, begin to thank God. Be thankful. Be thankful. This is who I am. I'm blessed with the spiritual blessings. There is forgiveness of sins for me. The Holy Ghost indwells me. Oh, I'm blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. And highly favored. There is no reason why God doesn't want to bless me. He doesn't keep record of wrong. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. He doesn't find fault. He doesn't find fault. Oh, I'm qualified. I'm qualified. He qualified me. Thank you, Lord, for the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the precious blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the precious blood of Jesus. It's something more than gold. It's something more than gold. It's something more than gold. Oh, shina hatea gola hatepon de adaha. Ola didan de agada hatea gold.